All Ears episode 11 with Joseph Bedali. First off, if you're a first-time listener to the All Ears podcast, welcome. My name is Daniel Verdugo. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Joseph Bedali, I've known this man since kindergarten. We go way back. We talk a little bit about our elementary school years, and then eventually he went to a different junior high school. But really the meat and potatoes and all the good stuff of this episode that it contains starts in high school. He was on the school wrestling team and the football team, and he's not the biggest guy in the world. He is well aware of that. And what that was like to kind of have that underdog competitive spirit when it came to football, for example, and not being afraid to go against guys bigger than him and where that was pushing him as far as after high school, he wanted to be a sheriff's deputy. That was his motivation to get his own place, start his life and get away from some stuff that was happening as far as his home life and some relationships that just weren't the best at the time. But Joseph is super raw and super honest about where he was mentally and how the sheriff at the time wasn't working. He eventually shifted into his new passion now, which is being an amateur MMA fighter and describing his journey going 4-0 in his first fights and what it was like to be the man in the fight world, but still not be in the best place mentally. Joe then describes what it was like to go through his two back-to-back his back-to-back losses and where that put him mentally again and doing a little self-inventory about what's going on how does he need to change some things in his life that allow him to be the best athlete and person that he could possibly be I'm, i'm super proud of just what he shares and his honesty with his journey and then it shifts over really the that tail end of the episode discussing what joe feels he's passionate about when fighting's over he knows that you can't fight forever and time's undefeated and he has a passion with eventually going back to be a sheriff's deputy and work with human trafficking something he's really learned a lot about in the last few years and we kind of jump into what that is and how that how he would love to play a role in just helping that population but let me know what you think like comment feel free to message me on instagram at da underscore verdugo v-e-r-d-u-g-o as in verdugo and he's this is this is my brother right here i love joseph and i'm just so proud of what he does and what he shares and just the growth so i hope you enjoy thanks guys what's up bro what up man you nervous no i mean i'm pretty good now honestly (laughs) chilling we've been talking about this for a long time so you've been honestly bugging me to get on this i'm not gonna lie like slightly calm down like a little groupie over here (laughs) get out of here (laughs) no no i'm happy this this is there's not the the unique part of you know our relationship now just how we how we go about life and our friendship i guess not you know a lot about just like me personally there's not too many people I, i'm pretty vulnerable with and i share my own shit you're, you're in that party so so i know this is yeah i appreciate that special and one. you're the friend that i know that i can have really deep conversations with so like stuff like this obviously just are we gonna cry right now already i mean maybe <laughs> possibly well first thank you for being i appreciate for being on the show already thank you for having me of course a little bit of background from the beginning Where'd you grow up? What was it like? What was little young Joseph in the hard streets of Friendly so, Hills? Yeah, man, you already made me sound like a bitch. <laughs> that was the point. Really hard. You grew up in Friendly Hills. Oh, you must have had it really rough, man. Yeah. 
Thanks. Hey, there was Norwalk days. But we'll, we'll get no, it. no street cred anymore. <laughs> I just fucked you yeah. right there. Let's just pause. Re- re-record. Um, okay, so I was born in Whittier, actually. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Grew up in La Mirada for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Moved to Norwalk for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then then I moved to Friendly Hills when yeah. I was around probably like 11, 11-ish. Mm-hmm. And then I live in Norwalk again, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, most of my life I grew up in Whittier. Went to Whittier Christian High School. Yeah. And because uh, we went to school, you young like kindergarten through. You went to Santa Fe Springs Christian School in, in Santa Fe Springs, obviously. Yeah. From kindergarten to fifth grade, I think no six actually. Six. I had Mrs. Beach. Oh, she was sixth and, grade. That's right. Yeah, because I remember she was. She pulled me aside, and was like, "Hey, I heard you're you're moving schools." And like, oh, oh really? Yeah. She she knew I was moving schools, and she like was telling me like, "Okay, I wish you the best." She was a cool teacher because she She's was like one of the best. Like she was absolutely, yeah, dude. She belonged being a teacher, and she was telling me like, okay, well, I wish you the best. I wish you would stay here, but really cool teacher. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, seventh and eighth grade, I actually went to Heights Christian in La Mirada. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big difference because we Santa Fe, you know, was a really small school, very small. Yeah. So from going from that to Heights, where it was like maybe four times the amount of kids, it was. Really? Yeah, it was a big adjustment, but I think it was a good adjustment, though, because they had a really good um, sports program. I met friends there that I'm still friends with till this day. Did you know anybody when you went to Heights? Did you know anybody going in or you were like... I knew maybe like one or two people. Really? And I wouldn't even say like I really knew them, knew them. They were more like acquaintances. Yeah, you just knew the faces. Yeah, yeah. and they're more so like people that my mom knew their parents. Mm. So they reached out to me or like, hey, you're so can you just make sure Joseph's okay? Like yeah. in this new school. So big adjustment, but cause um, the thing is like, you know, you were a grade above me. Um, cause I came in kindergarten in Santa Fe Springs, you were first grade. And then we interacted like we, we, you know, we knew we had friends, we were friends. So we had a couple, I think sleepovers growing up, probably, like Buddy yeah. Fuller and yeah, yeah. that one time Definitely. and stuff like that. And I think even church camp, one oh, camp too. cedar crest dude. i forgot i just actually remembered that recently i yeah. forgot that was a thing Camp like we, cedar crest <laughs> that was the spot <laughs> do you remember hey. do you remember and I, I i'm not sure if you do do you remember we got yelled at by an adult because we were cussing in the bathroom you know what i you're it, probably it's, right. it's random because i remember i felt so embarrassed i think like we were just like being stupid and we were just like oh yeah what a bitch. Like we just thought it was cool just to say, or say something, bitch, something yeah. stupid at a young age, just say it. And I remember, I think I was in one stall, you were in another <laughs> and I heard an adult, I forget. I, to this day, I don't know who that parent was, oh, probably man. someone at the church. And they were like, Hey, you shouldn't be talking like that. I remember I was super scared and super embarrassed. I probably say in the stall. Like after I heard that, I was like, Oh shit. Guess we're in trouble. All right. Just stay in here for a cool minute. <laughs> Go. And so, so, there's there's that transition for you from Santa Fe Springs to, to Heights. Yeah. What what are you like growing up? You know, I I knew you as you know, you're always one of the athletic kids yeah. and everything like that. And uh, funny, you're always laughing, good personality and such like that. But I mean, for you, like what was your perspective growing up as a kid? Um, yeah, I mean you covered most of it. Just I was a pretty easygoing kid. I wasn't like this crazy hyper kid, but I enjoyed sports. I think sports was a big outlet for me. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, that coconut head hair too. And yeah, I did. That, that I had, that, I had a beaver haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was blowing in the wind when uh-huh. I ran for touchdowns. I remember that. Um, yeah, I, I had a good childhood going up. Um, um, sorry, the cable. Spacing. Spacing out. 
I had to move my chair because I wasn't close enough to the mic. All right. You had a good um, childhood. You were very involved in sports. You were yeah, always yeah. like, you were always a little showboat, little badass and stuff like um, that. Yeah. Zach's dad was our coach growing up. I remember that for basketball and football, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, our good friend, Zach, for yeah, those that don't know, that's, that's one, one of our, our best friends. Best friends. Yeah. I hate that guy, by the way. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Zach. If you're listening. Piece of shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's no. He's listen to. Yeah, he's just going to hear this. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to mention it. He's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> love you. Just kidding. Um, yeah. I had a great uh, childhood and had a fun time over at Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. Played sports over at Heights. And then uh, towards high school, too, I played football. Which is where you went to Whittier Christian. Yeah, Whittier Christian. Whittier Christian. And then you wrestled and played football. Yeah, correct. I um, played football till freshman year, and actually, I didn't play again till my senior year, actually, because I stopped playing um, my I think it's my sophomore year because mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on wrestling mm-hmm. because I, I'm not a big dude. No, you know, I'm five six, yeah. weigh a buck sixty on yeah. a, on a good day. So, oh, that's such a hard life. Yeah, bro. I know, right? Remember, God. I was 160 in first grade. Whoa, was me. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I I was like, okay, I want to wrestle in college. So, the best way to do that is just to focus on it. Because realistically, you're not going to be a 5'6 guy weighing 160 playing football in college. It's just, what position were you in football? I was a free safety, actually. Mm. And uh, so, I was like, all right, I got to be smart with the cards that I've been dealt. I know yeah. I'm a small dude. So, so freshman year, rest because you wrestled in freshman year, right? Or was oh, wait, no, wrestling. I played football freshman year, and then I started wrestling my sophomore year. Oh, so sophomore year, you're already thinking like, okay, maybe I can go into college and yeah, yeah. Can just stay with wrestling. Yeah, and that could be something after mm-hmm. high school. So that's I gave up football actually because I was starting to box a little bit, and then I was starting to wrestle, and um, so I gave football up. I was like, all right, I I had a lot of friends that played football, but at the end of the day, I was like, all right, well. I know I could probably maybe wrestle at a collegiate level. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until my senior year, actually, that I, all my friends were football players. So even Zach, who we were talking about earlier, and my buddies convinced me. They're like, come on, man, it's your senior year. Just play one more year. Have some fun. Like, it's a good environment. And they weren't wrong. Like, I don't regret it. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So my senior year, I came back, actually, and played all – oh, actually – Funny story. <laughs> I played till I forget what game it was, but senior year was a rough period of my life because I was just super rebellious, didn't care what my parents had to say. Mm. I was actually ineligible. I forget what game it was. I think I want to say it was like our third league game, actually, where I was ineligible because my grades were so bad. Really? Yeah. And I mean, it's all my fault. Yeah. I was just going through the personal stuff with my family. And whatnot. So I just a lot of stuff was happening. Yeah, it wasn't. That's always a yeah. That was always a time in life. I always remember. Like me and mom joke about it now, because it's over with. But Mm -hmm. my mom's like, "Man, you got nearly killed me from all the stress that you gave me." I just did whatever I wanted, and uh, yeah, and it wasn't the best way to go about it. But um, so you don't you you're ineligible for this game that you're talking about. You didn't play and everything. I played till I think it was like two games before playoffs started actually because my last game i remember was at maranatha and it was uh against one of our old coaches he was a head coach of this current team that we we're playing and they were like number one in the division this is football too yeah just this is football. background this yeah. is football 
and we ended up beating them. So technically, I can say I ended my high school career on a win, which sure. is kind of nice. Not many people can say that. <laughs> exactly. But it was uh, a win that, you know, I could have played a couple more games. Yeah. But uh, looking back, it did teach me a lot. Yeah. So One thing I was always curious and, like, I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, you've always, like you mentioned, you've been – that smaller guy and mm. and whether it was wrestling football anything we played you know you were the smaller guy yeah was there ever you know of course because you've heard probably every joke like myself i got some big ass ears <laughs> i've heard all the ear jokes yeah. you're, you're a smaller shorter guy yeah. you've heard all the short jokes i'm sure of uh-huh. has the, was there ever like kind of like that at a young age that underdog spirit that kind of ignited at an early age when it came to sports because you mentioned sports a good chunk in this beginning so Mm -hmm. when it comes to wrestling when it comes to football basketball when we played in junior high yeah was it like i'm 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 gonna go as hard as i can or be the best because like they're already making the short jokes it was definitely like a kind of chip on my shoulder like um with wrestling it was nice because i was actually competing against people that were my own size exact same size so i was like man my whole life i've grown up competing against people that were not my size yeah so wrestling was like, oh, well, you're my size, so you're It's fucked. even ground. Yeah. Like, it's an even battle. <laughs> like, you're done for, dude. <laughs> I've been doing this my whole life with people that are way bigger than me. So, yeah. um, No, but, like, it was a good shape on my shoulder. It definitely made me more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, football, like, I don't I don't like being that douchebag. It's like, oh, yeah, I was good at football. Like, yeah. I wasn't super good at football. I was just a competitor. Yeah. And there's plenty of times in practices and games where I was – hitting dudes that were twice the size of me and i just because mm-hmm. it was that chip on my shoulder of like yeah i'm smaller than you but i don't care like I'm gonna you're whoop, not gonna punk i'm gonna whoop your ass exactly yeah, that's what it was basically and still to this day like i still have that chip on my shoulder like with fighting or mm-hmm. with, with whatever because we're transitioning out you know so high school happens you were playing football you were wrestling at one point, you know, obviously I know this because one of my closest friends, yeah. you know, there was a period where you were looking into the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. There was that. So it was kind of like, was that spirit still present when you're trying to transition out of high school into the sheriff's department and, and you're kind of um, proving something or what's the mindset going into that at I that think, point in time? Yeah, it was a little different with that because you can't have a huge ego with um, in that field of law enforcement because mm-hmm. there's people that are always going to be above you. Yeah. So you kind of have to take a step back as far as um, having a big ego. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it was more so just. I was talking to you about this earlier. It was more so like uh, me and my dad. Have always, we've always had a rocky relationship. Mm-hmm. So for and me, and your dad works in law enforcement. My dad, yeah, my dad know. is a captain for LA Sheriff. Um, so it was for me. It was a way to uh, get out of the house. Sure. I didn't have to worry about him. Uh, nagging me about stuff anymore i was yeah. gonna be independent on my own yeah so that's how i saw getting to the police department was like all right this is my jail get a jail free card exactly um so i i mean that's not necessarily a good way to look at certain things like especially something a job so serious in that field sure i definitely think that's a calling for people that you know you have to have a different mindset for that type of stuff mm-hmm. but how um, are these like a healthy motivation yeah yeah definitely. not like i'm gonna I can't stand that. I can't stand that. I'm going to, I'm going to go and get this job. So I can yeah, get the fuck out. Of exactly. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, no, I want to actually yeah. serve my community and, mm-hmm. you know, have the best intentions yeah. for and, that. And I, I did have that at that point. Um, I maybe think I was maybe a little too young. Cause I was maybe, I just barely turned 21, maybe like, like 20 and a half. And I so applied young too. That's really what I'm saying. It. Now that I look back on it, I'm like, maybe you weren't ready for that. I don't know. I thought I was, but, Maybe I wasn't. Maybe I needed to go through life a little bit more, experience some things. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, everything, the saying, it's so cliche, everything happens for a reason, but yeah. it really does. Yeah. Because, so. because you go through, you have your experience, you know, applying for the Sheriff's Academy and everything like that. You know, it doesn't turn out, it doesn't turn out where you go into the Academy, everything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, not too much detail into yeah. it, but you know, there is that, that the really emphasis that I want to put on is there is that point of like, wow, well, I'm not doing the Sheriff's Academy. Yeah. I'm I'm here. Yeah. What the hell am I gonna do? Yeah. Because there's there's then soon after a new passion that comes into your life, which yeah. we'll talk about. Yeah. Kind of explain that that middle period of like, all right, this didn't work out. I'm here, and then when that new passion comes in, yeah. you know, what is that? From um, your perspective. Yeah, that was definitely a hard thing in my life because I had passed everything like with flying colors. It was super like everything was going so smooth, and I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. I'm gonna be able to you know have a nice job, have a nice steady paycheck, yeah. like, you know, eventually buy a house. Like yeah. everything was kind of set in stone already. Yeah. And then like the rug kind of got swept under me when uh, my last thing I needed to pass was a, uh, I think it was a physical, like or for past injuries that I had from like football and high school sports in general. Yeah. And that was uh, hard because I was such in good shape. I had passed all my tests, like the first my class and all that stuff so mm-hmm. i was like man how can i get disqualified or something like that where i'm literally beating everybody out of the water with that stuff so that that was really hard to process and it also made me realize like damn i'm i'm stuck at home now again like mm-hmm. i don't have that that outlet to, like i wanted to, to be a out. sheriff to get out exactly yeah. and don't get me wrong i still wanted because you know I me mean, like i i'm consider myself a person that has a good heart and sure, I generally absolutely. care about other people. You're a dick sometimes, but, but I can't for the be, most part, you're a good For person. the most part. <laughs> <laughs> but I generally do care about other people. And so like, um, that's what was frustrating too. When I would go to these interviews and like anyone who's gone through this experience with any police department, they try to find like all your worst dirt mm. and make you seem like you're this biggest piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's frustrating because like people are telling you like, oh, well, because you did this, like you're not a, good enough candidate and i'm like dude no like i'm actually a good person i swear to god yeah. i'm a good person so it's hard it's frustrating when you're trying to portray that to people and but they don't realize that because they're going off of what you're telling them um that's the hard part i think at the end of the day it's like people are telling you're not good enough but at the end of the day you do know yeah i am good enough exactly that's a hard part to process um so that was the hardest part for me too and frustrating i think because i know i'm, I'm well capable and i have a good heart and pure intentions with people but when someone who doesn't really know you too like when you're interviewing these people are complete strangers to you Mm -hmm. they're just going off of what they see on your file and they can brand you as either like a good guy or like a bad guy so when they brand you as a bad guy it's like you actually don't really know me so it's like it's frustrating in that aspect exactly yeah and then so when it when you find out like it's not going in the direction because of past, I, I, you said injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not going in the direction where you're going to be able to go that full route of sheriffs. Like mm-hmm. how long are we stuck in the like, damn, well now what, like what is that period like after? Yeah. It was a little bit more of like, what do I do now? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in this rut a little bit. And I think it's okay to have like a, a little bit of self pity for a cool minute. Cause Things don't always go according to plan in life. That's just how it is. Nothing ever goes according to plan. It's okay to be like, man, this kind of sucked. But at the end of the day, you can't stay there forever because then you're just stuck in that rut. Yeah. You have to pick yourself up. 
Um, eventually I did. And that's kind of how I found where I'm kind of at right now in my life with, with fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting is always something that I was passionate about. I enjoy, like I, like I said, I wrestled when I was a kid. I boxed when I was a kid, but we grow up in a society that tells you you have to have a stable job, a nine to five, something that's going to pay the bills and you get good insurance, all that shit. Sure. So fighting is definitely something outside of that box because it's unknown. You, you can do it, but at the end of the day, you don't really know how far you're going to get with it. Um, so I'm, I still remember this day when I told my mom, she's like, whoa, all right, well, are you going to keep applying to uh, departments? Yeah. I was like, no, I'm actually not. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? Like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I'm actually not. She's like, okay, well, what are you going to do then? I was like, I'm actually going to pursue fighting. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, in MMA. She's like, okay, but really. I was oh, like, what's your job going to be? Yeah, like? I was like, no, like I'm going to try to be a professional fighter. I'm trying to go to the UFC and I'm going to try and do that. It's always something that I, I wanted to do because I love it, watching it as a kid and whatnot. But like I said, people, especially my dad, my dad is always someone that he had his life figured out since he was a kid. Like my mm-hmm. dad knew he was going to be a cop when he was 19. You said, I think, dude, even earlier than that, he was involved in Explorers at like 13, 14 years old. Oh, so he already knew this is what I want to do. This yeah. is what I'm going to be. So yeah, homeboy bought his first house at like 21 years old. That's, wow. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's so unheard of. So it's like, um, for him, this is like the model of like what people should be like. You exactly. Know what I mean? So I'm like, everyone's different though. Like, yeah, I can't have the same path as my dad. That's his yeah. path. I can't have the same path as you. That you have your own path. Exactly. So that was thing was the hardest thing for my parents because they had this path portrayed of like, all right, twenty years old, have a great job, have a house, have these cars. So it was a a different path for sure. That definitely shocked them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when I told my mom, I she was like. I'm really disappointed in you actually for saying this. It was kind of, yeah, it was hard. It was a hard thing to say, like to tell him that my mom, I remember she's like, I've never been more disappointed with you in my life. And I was like, Oh God damn. So that was hard to like, I already had all that bad shit happen with the department and then telling her like, all right, I'm going to fight now to her telling me now like, okay, well I'm really disappointed in you now for doing this. I'm like, Oh my God. God. cherry on top i'm of. like yeah <laughs> all right i'm just doing everything wrong <laughs> so um that was i think the heart i still remember that because i remember i was sitting in the kitchen telling her like i was like man this is really gonna be weird and awkward because i know they were gonna take it well exactly but the fact that i went in there and, and did it and told them about it it was like all right well at least i got that off my chest now. yeah like that was i'll always remember that day cause, i remember because i remember it was that was a weird just trying to get them on board. And of course, you know, at the end of the day, of course they have your best interest. They're your parents. They want, you know, you got to understand like that's that different generation, everything like that. So it's like, what you want to make a living off this. And there was that just like, just to get long before your first actual fight. I remember it was just like, all right, this is a joke. It's like just getting the workout. It's just getting to my first fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like in general. Um, that's what, like was the the hardest part was like okay you're trying to make a living off of working out mm-hmm. and whatnot but yeah that's the biggest thing is like like you were touching on it's a definitely a generation thing where it's like your parents my grandparents they've all like had a steady job since they were like what in their early twenties yeah 
That's what I'm saying. Fight like fighting just started being like respectable. I'd say probably the last maybe yeah. decade or yeah. I was looked at of like so. you're crazy for doing something like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I understand it because he mm-hmm. wants stability. But at the same time, you got to look at it this way: is we only have one life here on Earth. So why are you going to spend it doing something that you hate? Exactly. Why? It's such a waste. Like I, I look at it and I'm like. I always say, like, I think when I see, not there's anything wrong with people that like have basic jobs because or go to school, or go to school, or whatever, like that. But I'm not a regular motherfucker. Like, that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a god honest truth, though. And if you feel like your calling in life is to work at Albertsons or whatever, like, I'm not knocking people for doing mm. that because we need people like that too. But I just don't think I was meant for ordinary things like that mm-hmm. i really don't and you I, have an inner high expectation of yourself yeah and whether yeah. it's fighting whatever it is that you know yeah you it, it's not just yeah like you touch it's not just fighting it's just things in general i know i was built on this earth to do great things and mm-hmm. i don't i can't say that's fighting i don't know what it is exactly but i know i was meant to do great things damn yeah Flip it out like that. It's going to be great things in this world. I'm sorry for ever listening because I sound like a huge douche saying that. <laughs> but it's true, though. If you look at, like, there's people in this world that are meant to be leaders. And Absolutely. there's people that are just here to do things, too, as well. That's not, yeah. like, any knock on other people. No. Like, that's just how it is, though. Not everyone can be a leader. And that's, at the end of the day, that's how it is. And you're still respecting your journey. I want to go back a little bit of, you know, a part of that early days of your journey because we and our relationship a little bit if, mm. you, if you don't mind because going back <laughs> we you went to heights you know yeah. I, I stayed at santa fe springs all the way through eighth grade i went yeah. to lucerna did my thing you went to weird christian and then we didn't really link back up even though we've known each other like you're actually maybe next to like one other person you're my longest knowing friend yeah, since dude. like since like your we're kindergarten kids. first like truly little little yeah and so we have obviously we mentioned Zach. That's our you know our mutual best friend yeah. at the time. Yeah. You know, before we even started becoming close, like Zach knew you this way. Zach knew me on this mm-hmm. this side of our relationship. We link back up. It was for Zach's birthday. No, yeah, because we yeah. went to San Diego. Was it his or yours? It was Zach's birthday. Okay. Okay. It was Zach's birthday, yeah. and I remember like you know he wanted to invite you at the time. I was like, oh yeah, I know Joseph, like yeah. everything like that. But I was like. We had hung out like one other time one before this. Time. It was like we went to the gym or something like that. And we know each other. Like yeah. we say what's up yeah. and everything like that. But I remember I was like, oh, we're going to do a trip. Like we're just going to go to San Diego. <laughs> we're going to do that? We're gonna, just going <laughs> to jump into it. It's like, okay, yeah. everything like that. Yeah. And the <laughs> it's just bad influence from day one, bro. That's just what this is. Okay, so everyone- <laughs> we, we go to San Diego and we, and we have a good time and everything like that. That first night. Do you want to explain that first night? Just how- Okay, so people listening. Um <laughs> Daniel had Keep never. Keep in mind, we were responsible. We're at the hotel. Just yes, so you know. we're in a, his timeshare, so we're not in the streets of San Diego. Nothing we're just like literally in, in our hotel room. <laughs> this guy never really drank much, and truly so, never drank till twenty one. Yeah, first drink, first alcoholic beverage, like that was it. Didn't and, know anything. And so Zach had told me this, and I was like, "Oh, dude, <laughs> we gotta get him plastered." <laughs> Being the great friend that I am, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we originally. Gave him was it was Honey Jack, right? Honey Jack and so Coke. So we gave him Honey Jack and Coke, and my innocent ass. We <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we gave him literally like it was all Coke and barely any Jack. Yeah. For the first like maybe three or four 
couple of drinks. Sure. So of course the guy's like, oh great, <laughs> this is like Coke. So <laughs> sure enough, night keeps going. He's drinking and drinking, and we're slowly like decreasing the amount of Coke and more Jack <laughs> to the point where <laughs> at the end of the night, this dude's literally drinking straight Jack and no Coke. And he's God. yeah, I know. I'm a horrible friend. And then you you got you got it like the worst way because obviously like I become slopopotamus. My yeah. first time not obviously like I'm I'm gone. Yeah. It's just me, you and Zach. You end up taking care of me, like <laughs> you and Zach, but like Zach's like, all right, he's fine, we're here, we're safe. Like, I'm gonna go to bed. You end up staying up. Watching. No, there was a point where Zach was like, All right, dude, <laughs> forget this guy. <laughs> we had a patio and um you were like halfway in, halfway out. And I had a fireman carry you in. Yeah. And it was a little difficult because it, it was like you were dead weight. <laughs> and Zach was like, all right, honestly, dude, just give him a pillow and blanket and just leave him out there. <laughs> I was like, dude, that, that's kind of fucked up. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I eventually got you in. I think, no, I think I actually went with like food. Like I had like food. That's like, how I got yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, follow the chip, follow the chip. And you're like, uh. <laughs> slowly creeping in. Um. Yeah, so like we got you in eventually, and that that was probably like at two or three in the morning. That was a rough, yeah, yeah. Then you end up staying up like all throughout the night, making yeah. sure I was okay. Yeah, watching Scooby Doo Zombie Island to keep yeah. you keep you awake. That's all I was trying to keep awake was watching that shit, making sure I was okay. No, because yeah, I was putting you on your side, and for whatever reason, when you started dry heaving, you turned straight up. Yeah, and we were like dry heaving with like looking at the ceiling. I was like, oh, this guy's gonna fucking die. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> the the moral of this story is just uh, obviously you know if you're gonna drink you're gonna have an alcoholic beverage obviously be 21 I was 21 yeah. we were all over yes. 21 yes make sure you got good friends that's we were responsible we were, we're responsible we're in public we're no, chilling no time driving sure. nothing like that but but it's just funny because I bring it up because that's how our friendship yeah. now started linked back up because ever since then, like we obviously had that story yeah. that like kind of, you know, we all like, that's the story that like to catapulted to where we're at now <laughs> of this guy being a freaking slopopotamus throwing up all over the place. And yeah, cause to this day we still talk about, it. but, but from then on, like obviously like me, you and Zach are so close and everything like that. And then like our relationship as well, like we're, you know, Everything you've kind of said, it makes sense to this day because you are so genuine, you are so hardworking, and you mm-hmm. know, you've made your mistakes, everything mm-hmm. like that. With with where you're at now, because you have truly gone through a lot of growth as far as mentally and what you've realized yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. You know, we all had our mistakes in high school. We all yeah. obviously had our dumb moments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You mentioned how treating your parents wasn't like the best moment yeah. your senior year. Yeah. Since to this day, you know, I feel like every time we talk, we, you kind of have like this revelation of a moment where you're seeing things a little bit clearer, whether it's about fighting, whether it's about life, other things you're kind of passionate about, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. you know, where, where did that kind of spark as far as you just opening your eyes and in a sense, just, just maybe trying to learn more slash expanding who you are, if that makes sense. Like, when did that kind of start somewhat? I feel like it was kind of mid of you being a fighter. And yeah, a, like um, just trying to think like outside of the fighting realm. Yeah, it, it definitely opened my eyes to certain things because it, it was now, okay, now we're pursuing something that not a lot of people can say that they have obtained. You mm-hmm. know, being a professional athlete is, not a lot of people can say they've done that. I'm mm-hmm. not there yet. I'm I'm pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, but it's a, 
unfamiliar territory. Mm-hmm. And luckily I found a coach who he's coached a lot of UFC fighters and he's been doing it probably longer than I think I've been alive actually. Wow. So having that um, influence and guidance is, it's been really beneficial to not only my fighting career, but my life in general. Like he, I know I can go to him whenever I need advice on, on life stuff. And I have plenty of times actually. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's, can make a coach and a fighter really you know see eye to eye on things because it's not like all right you're only coaching me because you just want me for what i'm giving Mm -hmm. to you Mm -hmm. he actually can pour back into me with just life stuff in general and i've done that plenty of times exactly and were you when you first started and before you met ben your coach were you were you nervous about just like getting that first step into fighting started yeah i was pretty nervous about stepping into that world because it was pretty foreign to me and I didn't know what to expect. Um, I'm glad I did it. But for my, my very first fight was at the OC Fair. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Remember that? It was like July. Yep. Um, didn't know what to expect. It's Fighting is different than like wrestling or, or football. And you, were, and you weren't fighting just like a regular dude. You actually knew or you knew the history of, this, of the guy you were fighting. Like. Yeah. So this guy was actually like had a really like really good wrestling credentials. Like I was a good wrestler in high school. Um, I placed in league and went to CIF championships, but this dude was like a three time CIF champion, a three time state placer. So like, that's a whole nother level as far as like credentials that I had. So I remember when to this day, when Ben shared his profile with me and, and told me who he was, what he had accomplished. And I was like, yo, this guy's feeding me to the wolves. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? I was like, like, this, this not, guy? not only that, but it was like, it was my first fight. Yeah. So I was like, yo, this is my first fight, man. Like usually like in boxing is a pure example of that. It's usually like you get tune up fights. Yeah. Your first fight. It's usually someone who's like, I would say great, but like mediocre. Yeah. And no, from straight up, he just like went guns blazing. I was like, all right, well, this can go either one way or really bad. So, <laughs> So it was definitely like pressure in the way of like, okay, this is your first fight. So you got to at least show your family that like you're good at this mm-hmm. because you told them you're going to do this. And mom and dad are there. Like we were mentioning. Yeah, mom, mom and, and dad, dad are there. Present for the first fight. For the very first fight. Um, so I, I was telling you this earlier. I was like, I like pressure. It's it's good. So the pressure that I had going into the fight was like, all right, you gave up having a good nine to five of pursuing that for this. So you got to show your parents that like, all right, dude, you're actually really good at this and make them believe it too, in a sense. Um, and I didn't have an easy task ahead of me because of who I was fighting. Yeah. So I was like, God damn, like, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. So and yeah, you came out guns blazing though. I remember that you yeah. came out fine, like a swinging silverback gorilla, just yeah. going for it. Was that all in the back of your mind? Like someone's like mom and dad are here. This is my first one. I need to just like unleash. Cause I mean, I, that's what I remember. You just going crazy. Like yeah, no. as soon as it started, that's what my, my coach always says, be first and be last. So right when that bell rang, he's like, Hey, just go for it and i was like all right and that's exactly what i did if you're not first you're last that's what it's like yeah right (laughs) we're going ricky bobby up in here (laughs) ricky bobby might say my first ain't first you're last (laughs) no but he meant like be first as far as punching and then be last as far as punching too Mm. um that's something he always has told us uh since day one since i've been on the team with him um and that's exactly what i did and i beat that guy every single round and uh ended up winning that fight 
What's that first win like? That that first just it. <sighs> it was a great feeling and something that I'll always treasure and, mm-hmm. and never forget because it it was at a moment in my life too where I was like, this is make or break. Because if I yeah. were to lose my first fight, I'll be telling my parents like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do with my life now. And I had lost that fight. I maybe might not be where I am right now. Yeah, because that's it's interesting to think. Yeah, about. like you have your parents afterwards telling you like, all right, dude, well. You just lost your first fight when you thought you were going to be really good at this. Yeah. So maybe you should go back to doing other things. So that was like a moment where I was like, yeah, I have to win this fight. Like if I'm going to have any credibility to what I'm telling them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in that moment, it's like, yes. Like even though it's just one, it's just one win, your first win, everything yeah. like that. It's like, all right, like this is a good first step. I started yeah. this on a win. Yeah, that that was the best way I could have envisioned it because mm-hmm. starting off the loss would have been way worse yeah um but luckily i was able to start on a win i i still remember that day clear as i remember it being in the locker rooms warming up i remember being backstage i remember the walkout music i remember hearing you know you can't really see much in there because the spotlights are really bright mm-hmm. but i just remember hearing people's names or people calling my name exactly uh and when i was in the cage cheering for me so i always remember that um i remember after winning seeing you guys when i came out of the locker rooms mm-hmm. and that was just a really cool moment like even if i you know didn't win that it was still a cool experience yeah. it made it even better actually winning but of course um the other day we're, we're still happy we won <laughs> yeah exactly the, yeah that was the best part about it but and going out and celebrating my friends and yeah. just, yeah, just being able to like, I love being able to tell people like, hey, I told you so. And I, I feel like that. you had that moment plenty of times right there where it's just like, because you had a handful of doubters, not me, I, you know, of yeah. course, but as far as other people outside of, you know, some family, some friends that were just like, hey, bro, are you sure you want to do yeah. this? Are you, exactly. are you sure? Yeah. But I want to give a little bit of a moment to just speak on because you mentioned Ben and, mm-hmm. you know, we want to make sure we throw in CSW, your, your, mm-hmm. who you fight with, your team and yep. everything. Um, the Badger crew. Badger crew, I still, I still want a shirt of that. Just you, like, you got one. Oh, you got a CSW shirt. I got a CSW shirt. Right. I'm going to steal a Badger we'll work shirt. On Badger I'll steal shirt. a Badger shirt. Anyways, <laughs> but, but talk a little bit about just like, because obviously your relationship with Coach Ben, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's something special. But you really give a lot of love and respect to the team that you that you fight with. Yeah. Of course, you know, it's not really nothing's really active right now with everything yeah. going on, but but you guys actually work. Like you train to be killers. Yeah. Like it's explain a little bit about that backstory yeah. and who you fight with. A big of that big part of that is my coach. Um he's he's an old school type of guy where mm-hmm. it's like, all right, you got an injury, kind of suck it up type of way. Um, but he's not like most coaches because there's even guys in the UFC that they don't train five days a week, two to three times a day, even when they don't have a fight. Most guys in the UFC will actually only train when they have a fight coming up. Mm-hmm. And in that period, they don't really train. That's just how it is. But his dynamic is, and I'm glad it is that way because I've gotten so much better because of it, is like, no, even if you don't have a fight coming up, you're going to be training five days a week, mm-hmm. two to three times a day. That's just how it is. It's like you either do it this way or you're not on the team. Yeah. And I think that's what makes me and my teammates super close because I haven't known those guys super long, mm-hmm. realistically. I really haven't. I've been fighting now for maybe two and a half years, almost three. Um, 
and you grow closer to those guys because of not only like the set rules that they abide by, but just the fact that you know that they're a dog like you too. Mm-hmm. Like everyone who's listening to us that is on my team knows that like the first couple of days that you go into that room, everyone is trying to like beat your ass, mm-hmm. like hardcore. Like I remember getting dropped multiple times, like throughout our practice. And there's plenty of guys that have come to that door and have gone to the practice and they're like, no, I can't handle this. Like, mm. I'm good. I'm not going to train. And see, when you're getting your shit rocked and you're getting dropped, everything like that, is there ever those moments like, God, I can't do this where it's, or are you kind of liking it? Like you're kind of, it's kind of fueling a, a fire. I'm sick like, in that way. Where it's you know like, what I mean? Like, are you, you're liking it a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Where I'm like, all right, keep going. Like, let's see how, how many times you keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and he said this too before, like, there's something like a little bit off with us mentally as mm-hmm. far as like <laughs> being glens for punishment. Mm-hmm. And that's what that is. As exactly. far as being just an actual fighter. Like, yeah. You got to be off and you got to be weird. In a, yeah. In a, in, in a different kind of way. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's, there's even guys that have, that are in the UFC and, and high level Bellator fighters that have gone in there in that room and they can't survive with us. Like mm-hmm. that's just how it is. Cause we're, we're different. And, a lot of that credit goes to my coach and and laying down those rules and guidelines as to how he wants the team to be. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, we're still undefeated up until this point where all this coronavirus bullshit happened. But <laughs> um, my whole team was undefeated for the year up yeah. until that point. And yeah. we were on a huge tear. Like 2020, you guys were yeah, starting I think out we were high. like 17-0 and at one point, and that's – you know, a lot of not a lot of teams can say that, and mm-hmm. I think that's just because my coach and the structure that he has. Um, because while other people are being lackadaisical and chilling and like, oh, I don't have a fight coming up, like we're constantly getting better, so yeah. that's credit to him and just holding us accountable. And I definitely think that only benefits me because I didn't, I got kind of a late start in this. Like, there's kids that um have been training MMA since they were like, you know, in their teens mm-hmm. and whatnot. I started when I was like 23, I think. Which is technically old. Which really. is kind of old, yeah. Um, some guys like will start MMA after they're done wrestling in college, but mm-hmm. I, I still started kind of late. And I've been able to kind of close that gap a little bit because of how he structures the way he wants things as far as like you're here every day. And if you're not here, you better – better text me and let me know why you're not here yeah and have a good damn reason why you're not at practice because i've from what i've gotten in your stories and like what i've seen how you and your team interact ben everyone you know you guys are really about having fun kicking ass but really like getting down to business like we're here to win we're not here to just like oh say we're fighters or say yeah yeah. i'm coaching fighters like we're here to like kick everyone's ass take every bell at every place we're at oh yeah like that's that's why we train so hard. Exactly, and I think that's why I've been able to get super close to those guys in that short amount of period of time because they're very like-minded like me, mm-hmm. and you have certain appreciation for people like that. Yeah, and you realize like, okay, you're not here just to bullshit. Yeah. You're here because you want to obtain the same things that I want mm-hmm. too, and there's a level of respect for that. Absolutely, you know what I mean, um, if someone like there's plenty of people that have come into practice and I'm like, oh, this bitch is just here for the clout. Yeah, uh, he just want to post <laughs> some cool pictures on attention Instagram. for those that don't know what cloud is. Yeah. Cloud is like that attention type, just to say they're fighters, really, yeah. essentially. Okay. Yeah, basically portray themselves as like, oh, I'm this cool fighter, blah, yeah. blah blah blah. And there's plenty of people that have come in our room and have done that, 
And um, I have no respect for people like that. Like, at the end of the day, like, I, this is something that I work super hard for. And I've, Do you want a future in this? Like, Yeah. This is... So it's almost insulting when I see people like that where they just like, oh, well, I'm just going to come in here and train and post a picture and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, if you come to a training session just for so you can post a picture after about it, like, oh, God. That drives me nuts. It's like you might get a push in the oh, face after. I might deck you. Yeah. Um, but no, like that's why I love those guys because I know they're generally like they're pursuing a dream like I am too, where they're generally trying to be a world champ. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have respect for them. That's why I have a bond with them like that. Like it's different because it's not like high school sports where it's like, yeah, it's fun and like we have a good bond, but it's different when you're trying to like make a career out of it. Exactly. It's so, so different. And that's why I got nothing but love for those dudes because they have the same, same goals and passions that I do and mm -hmm. they work hard for it. Like everyone that's on the team is on that team because they've earned it. Mm -hmm. It's not like, it's not an no, average Joe, not yeah, just a guy no. that signed up. Like exactly. You can't just walk in there and like go to a couple of practices and then Ben's like, all right, cool. You're on the team. That's he's literally turned down so many people that yeah. I've come to the, practices and he's literally told him like yo i actually don't think this is for you and that's why this group is so special because of that yeah. and it wouldn't be that special if he just like invited everybody to come and go as they please he hasn't met me yet though so i know i have a spot on the team so <laughs> i mean just, just so here. so we, so we had that clear like i know i'm gonna be a badger or, uh, you know on the team and, it'll be on the yeah, badger crew but I, I could in a different aspect you know i could take a punch i mean <laughs> i i'm just saying like one of these days, I'm going to try out, you know, uh, you step, will die. Out, step out of the therapy you game. You definitely and, be peeing blood. You know from... what, though? I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you let me know when you're down. So yeah, I'm just goes. kidding, Ben, but yeah. maybe I, I might give it a try. Anyways, because so going a little bit into what you just said is obviously beautiful. It makes total sense. You, know, you guys are so close. You, you talk about that, you know, to anyone, just how close you guys are. Yeah. Because you're, you started, it was 4-0, right? Until yeah, I was four and zero. Yeah, feeling feeling good, having four straight wins. Your first four fights. Yeah, there is that high. You're feeling good. Obviously, on that fifth fight, you have your first loss. You experience yeah. it. We've had this discussion plenty of times, just uh -huh. breaking it down. You know, there was a lot of things that came into play on that fifth fight. You know, we had our, you had your family stuff. You had mm -hmm. your fights up. A lot going on mentally that maybe, as as far as a part of it, you know. There was a lot going on at that time. Yeah. When you experienced that first loss, you said you said something unique as far as like maybe not everyone would say where you almost enjoyed it, but you were almost appreciative of that first loss. Can you expand and explain that a little bit? Because yeah, to the first just to hear that is like what? Like you were happy that you got finally. I know your first, it sounds kind of weird. You got your first yeah. loss. Like go into that a little bit. I, I wouldn't say I'm, I was happy. It was more. It was of, a good lesson, but yeah. Go yeah, into it. it was more like a weight was kind of off my 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 shoulders. Mm -hmm. Um, I fucking hate losing. Like I'm probably one of the most competitive people I know. Like mm -hmm. I will. <laughs> okay, side note. Whenever like Zach would beat the shit out of me at video games i would go and buy that video game <laughs> and literally practice for like a week straight he knows you do it too <laughs> no i know i know i know but this is how competitive i am i literally will go buy the game spend money that i really don't have just to like whoop his ass in that game just to be like yeah bitch i'm better than you at it. <laughs> 
but no, that's just how I am, though. Zach um, would say thank you and bring the best out of you. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He would say some stupid shit like that. Um, but yeah, that was a side note. But it's a testament though to your competitiveness. Yeah, but, yeah. But go into it. But when I lost say. that first fight, I remember warming up in the locker room, and I just there's I just wasn't feeling it. I was going to that fight with like a torn hamstring. Mm, yep. Um, I had so much family bullshit that was going on mm-hmm. where i just was like yo i don't give a fuck about this anymore i don't yeah. really care and it was the first time in my life where i realized that like uh outside things can affect me fighting without me even realizing mm-hmm. it because my whole life i was very mentally tough and i was like you know that stuff will never affect me yeah. like i'm too tough for it to ever happen to me and it happened to me without even really realizing it actually and you were there actually mm-hmm. when I called my coach after that fight. Yeah, happened. I was in the car with you. Yeah. yeah. And I I just laid it down on him. And I, one thing is I'm always pretty honest to myself about like what happened and, and whatnot and why I lost. And it was just I told him I was just mentally weak. Like mm-hmm. I had so much stuff going on with my family and I didn't even really care. And he's like, No, I know, like that that person of that was in there wasn't you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yeah, you're not wrong. Um but it was a good learning lesson as far as like, okay, you have to be aware of what's around you and identify like if it's affecting you in a negative point where it, which it was. Yeah. And get out of there. I'm a, I'm a big believer in a sense of like, you know, whether I'm cheering on Dodgers, Lakers, any type of sports team I'm, I'm passionate about. I almost like, not saying I, I was happy when you lost, but like, yeah. you know, you go on these big streaks, you go on, you know, winning, feeling like the man. I'm a big believer in like there is the, the 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 benefit and the good lesson in you know when you're feeling like the man you have these like you know the streak of wins, but then you get humbled. You have that yeah. experience where it happens. You literally, in your case, in that in the fight, get knocked on your ass. Yeah, and it, it's it's right there where you're evaluate evaluating like not so much you're gonna stop fighting, but like wow, like this happened this could happen like yeah you if, almost if get I'm to not prepared if, or if i'm not all the way there present mentally yeah. too yeah you almost get to a point of like you think you're invincible exactly and i definitely got that because i was four and oh i was ranked i think like third in california mm-hmm. um so it, i even like because what's funny is like those fights that i was winning those are probably like one of the worst performances i've ever had in my mm. career and i still won so i was like dude like Imagine if you were in a different mental state, mm-hmm. of like how much better you could have been. It puts things in perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just in general, as far as like um, my mental state, well, take that back actually. My first fight that I lost was at Commerce. Mm-hmm. And I, I told that was my second fight that I got sidetracked on. The second fight that I lost. Yeah. Because you fir- thought you've... After you lost at Commerce, your first loss when you lost at yeah. Commerce, you lost that next fight. Yeah, so like my first fight that I lost, it was actually a really close fight. It was a guy who was undefeated as well. Mm-hmm. I felt good about going to that fight. I just made a tactical error, and I didn't take my time, and I wasn't patient. Mm-hmm. Um, but that fight, it was a toss-up. It could have yeah. gone either way because that guy was really good too. He was undefeated just like me. Um, I had him hurt, and I just didn't. I saw the blood that was coming out of his mouth and I was like, all right, just keep going. Yeah. And I made an error and I just kind of gassed myself out. So that one was like a toss up. But then going into my second one, I was fighting a guy that I should have just mopped the floor with. Yeah. 
And that's when I was at a really low point in my life where I was like, I don't even really care right now if I win or lose. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, I remember afterwards, even still, like I was like, man, because all the promoters were like, oh, like pretty much saying, oh, like you're going to mop the floor with this guy. And it didn't go that way. I think I still won that fight. Mm -hmm. It was a close fight, Mm -hmm. but either way, it could have gone it could have gone either way. I remember that. We yeah. Were, everyone. There's like, people in the crowd, strangers that were coming up to me saying like, yo, you won that fight. But here's the thing though. That shit happens all the time though. Like in the UFC, mm-hmm. there's guys that get robbed all like, the time. For those that don't know, like sometimes with fights and like UFC, MMA fights, everything, UFC fights, you know, if all, if no one's getting knocked out and they go to decision, the judges have to score the fight and everything. Yeah. It's it's one of the common phrases that people say is you know you can't trust the judges yeah. or don't leave it in the know, judges' hands. Try yeah, say. don't leave it in their hands. Try to end it beforehand. You know, however the case, knock out or they yeah. tap out, whatever the you know whatever the scenario. Yeah. But you know, it was kind of like that for you. And after even after that second loss, you know, in a row, there was that moment where like, not that we had that discussion where it's like, bro, like I'm calling it, like I'm I'm done fighting. Yeah, it was another like evaluating moment of like all right like what's going on like yeah. why, why is, why is what happening? is going on yes. i was four and oh like i'm feeling good yeah. i'm starting out in this in this area yeah now i'm experiencing like a losing streak yeah. officially yeah what because the next one was the next one the knockout was the win win it was knockout promotions Not, where i won right. that belt actually yeah, yeah. yeah. so so now that's a big because that's a big part because you know you experienced the second loss and now there is some time until your next fight yeah you you discover you know you kind of go through this like really big what i like to say self inventory just kind of looking at yourself yeah you know mentally everything like that and this is applicable not just as a fighter like truly you're looking at your life and yeah. what's going on yeah. what are one or two revelations that you're kind of seeing like man i need to go into this next fight you know with this type yeah. of mindset i need to see it this way you know if that makes sense yeah i think like i was touching on like it was a huge shock from going to 4-0 you're undefeated. You're the you're the next big thing. Mm-hmm. To okay, actually, no, you're not. Yeah, you lost two in a row now. Yeah, like that's that's literally like going from one great thing to like the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, you're literally on a two fight losing streak from going from four zero. Like that was hard for me to swallow. Yeah. Um, but it was a good thing at the end of the day because it, like you said, it made me self evaluate like my mental state mm-hmm. and what I was surrounding myself with. Um, and the good thing is that it happened when I, um, I was an amateur. Yeah. That's where you get all that stuff out and you can fuck up and it's okay. Yeah. If you, you want to do that before you yeah. go pro for those that don't get that, it's yeah. like you want to get those losses, get the, these experiences now as an amateur. Exactly. So, Cause pro you need to be the best yeah. possible version of, of exactly. yourself as a fighter. I would have been so mad at myself if I had experienced where I go, I was pro and I went four and and then I lost two straight. Mm. And that's like, fuck that my records. It's there. It's cemented. Like yeah. I can't change that now versus amateur where it's a learning process. And, and sure. I would have loved to have been six and oh versus yeah. four. Or I'm thinking five and two now, or five, you're five and two now, five and two. Now. Cause we're going to talk about the, yeah, yeah, obviously the, the next, next fight. fight. Um, I would have loved to have been seven and oh, or whatever, undefeated for my whole amateur career but mm-hmm. at the end of the day you're meant to have an amateur career so you can learn those lessons and yeah it sucked and it sucked not being the undefeated guy mm-hmm. anymore but it was a good lesson that 
it's only going to benefit me not only with fighting, but just in life in general. Exactly. It made me evaluate like, okay, this is why you're losing now. This is what you need to fix. And, and without going into too much detail, you know, there was, like you've mentioned already, there was the family issues happening. Yeah. There was the, some of the personal issues just for yourself. And, you know, there is that self-esteem shot to, you know, obviously you're going, you experience losses because when you go into that, that next fight, after you've lost two in a row, you know, we go back to, to this, it was like this knockout promotions in Long Beach, this little small gym, but yeah. it's still a big event in the area yeah. itself. Like the place gets full. Yeah. That was the fight. And I, I've told you this where, you know, obviously like, you know, we talk all, damn near every day, you know, we talk deep stuff, everything. Yeah. That was the fight where I really started to notice in you there was something different. There was a mental yeah. shift. You just, you moved different. You felt, you sounded different. And even like when you first went into that cage, you know, with everything that had happened and, and fighting aside, like you're really trying to repair some relationships, figure some stuff out, you know, on your personal side of your life. Yeah. Because now that that's going in a good direction, you're healthier with that. Mm-hmm that was really evident in this fight because you, you, you have to worry about that mm-hmm. because going into this cage now, you were just like a straight savage dog. You were just like ready. You were focused. And yeah. I mean, you're agreeing, you're nodding your head. How much more, like, was it really, you felt like I didn't need to worry about that. Like I'm here present, ready to just like fuck up whoever I'm fighting. Yeah. It just, it made things so much more simpler. Um, at that point I had actually moved out of my parents' house. I moved in with my grandma, my uncle, and my cousin and her two kids. Um, you know, like, without going too crazy into detail, like, me and my dad just, we haven't seen eye to eye for a long period of my life. And it was getting to the point where he was... You needed some distance. You guys, yeah, you needed I just needed to distance. Just, like, like, you needed distance. Um, my mom was supportive. Like, my mom was supportive in the way where she told me, like, look, I obviously don't want you to fight. But at the end of the day, I know you're going to do it regardless. Yeah. So I'm just let you know that I'm I'm all in. I'm yeah. going to support you with it. My dad, not so much. My dad was always like halfway in, halfway out. So it was really hard for me to like uh, adjust to that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like one minute he's telling me like, oh, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And then the next minute he's like, all right, but when are you going to get a real job? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, dude. And, you, and you, you want both parents to be on board. Like, that's yeah. super helpful. You want yeah. them to be like, so good, it, cool. Yeah, if I'm having mixed emotions or something like that it's kind of hard to to process that because it's like okay wait one minute you're literally telling me like i'm doing great at this and the next minute you're like but you need to do something else Mm -hmm. it's like what are you telling me so that was unhealthy in the way that i didn't realize till like i said when i lost that last fight because i just mentally just didn't give a shit anymore i was just like you know what i i was such at a bad mental spot where i remember even walking out of that fight I was, like, telling myself, like, okay, even if you win this, you're still a fucking loser. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. You win this, so what? Big deal. Mm. I didn't even care about winning anymore. So, like, it changed that aspect. This of, was the second, when you when you had your second loss. My in second row, that loss. Was that, fight. that was literally, like, care. I remember walking out. I was, like, I remember, like, telling myself, like, I don't even care about winning right now. Because, like, at the end of the day, I'm still going to have to go home. Mm. I'm still going to have to deal with this bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't even fucking matter if I win. Because I, I did win. I was 4-0, and I was still dealing with that same bullshit. Yeah. So I'm like, what difference does it make if I win or lose now? And that's so real because I, I especially if we're talking to athletes, talking fighters, whoever, you know, obviously, like, they're having this success in this, in this part of their life. 
but then sometimes it's not the healthiest when they go back home. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's really the big mental part of it. That's why I love that you're so open to talk about that because it's just like how you said, like, yeah, I'm four and oh, like, cool. Like I'm the man in this area, but like, I just didn't want to go back yeah. to deal with what was going on. Yeah. So take into account now your second loss at the time and, and with everything still going on and you touched on, you moved out, you know, kind of having that, that needed space that, mm-hmm that really helped you just stay focused. Like I, the example I kind of thought of when you did that is almost like, like Rocky needed when he went to Russia, like the Rocky movies, like he needed yeah. to step away, yes. be isolated and yeah. train. Yeah. We, we talked train. about that for a cool minute. Like people don't realize that scene where he breaks down in front of Adrian and yeah. just like loses it. Like you see that as a kid growing up, like, Oh, it's just a fucking movie for dramatic effect. Yeah. But that scene is probably like one of the realest things you could ever see, honestly, because that's literally what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had every reason to be positive and like, all right, I'm a great fighter and whatnot, yeah. but it still didn't matter. And I was like, I just broke down without even realizing it. That scene is so real because it's it's true. It's just not even with fighting, but just life in general. Mm-hmm. And I got to that point where I, Rocky's a pure example. He won the heavyweight belt. Mm-hmm. He's got this money, but he didn't even care anymore. Mm-mm. And I was at that point, too, where I was like, yo, I don't even give a shit about this anymore because at the end of the day, my life's still going to be the same way it is, even if I win or lose. Yeah. So that goes into the aspect of like, okay, you got to change stuff around you now. Exactly. Because it's not just about fighting anymore. Exactly. It's not just about fighting. And he showed that, too. He, he changed his scenery. Like you said, he mm-hmm. went to a completely different place. And of course, Adrian showed up. She supported. Yeah, yeah. And in a sense, I feel like if for those that are familiar with Rocky, like that Rocky movie, that scene specifically, you know, at some point in your life, your dad, your dad, your family, they, they, there was that support. You know, your relationship was starting to um, get a little bit stronger. Everybody was kind of understanding their parts and just what was going on. Yeah. Because especially for you, you know, with all that that was starting to happen and some areas starting to be repaired. That was helping you work out. That was helping you get ready for this fight that we're talking about. Yeah. That I said you were you just seem different. Mm-hmm. With when that walk me through a little bit, what is it like now that you're gonna walk to the cage, get ready to fight? Just what is the mindset that's different from whereas the last fight you didn't care if you won or you win or lose? Mm-hmm. What is the mindset now going into this fight where you obviously get to experience a win again? So I definitely think the part that made my mindset different was just the fact that I was away from a lot less uh, stress. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I moved out from my home. It was a big adjustment. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I moved in with my family on my dad's side, but it was still super foreign. Mm-hmm. I remember nights like sleeping in the bed that I had. And I'm like, man, this kind of sucks. Like, because <laughs> it was such a huge adjustment. Like, I lived there my whole life. I'm very close with my mom, and so it was kind of weird. Just not being there when I go to bed and she wasn't around me anymore. Just the whole setting itself, just the change yeah. itself. Is... It, it was a big adjustment and it was really hard when I first got there. Granted, like my, my uncle and my cousin and my grandma were, they were really great about mm-hmm. making me feel welcome there mm-hmm. as much as they possibly could because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much they would have done for me. It was still a huge adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into that first or the first fight, when I moved out, it was just, like I said, it was a lot less stress. I didn't have to worry about coming home and like worrying about 
ah, my dad making you know comments about oh you're still fighting and blah blah blah. When I have a huge fight coming up, a fight that was involving a, a, a title fight. Yeah. So you know when you have a big fight coming up like that, you're not gonna want people <laughs> whispering in your ear saying like oh well, why are you still doing this? Sure. Stuff like that. You need to be around the most positive things. That's just like anything in life though. Yeah. If it's not with fighting in general, but just like you're going to school, you're pursuing a job that you want, or you're pursuing a dream that you want. You need to be around positivity that's only going to help fuel that. Yeah. And that, not, no knock on them, but like that's just wasn't what it was there in my house anymore. And even just like maybe your dad wasn't coming at it the best way. The things that you needed to yeah. hear, he just wasn't, it wasn't worded in the best way. I'm sure the love and the, yeah, intention, yeah. the love and intention is there. You know that. Yeah. And it's just like, like no, dude, I don't, I don't need to hear yeah, that, that I, way. That's the thing. Like I don't want people to listening think that like my dad is a horrible person because he's he's honestly not. Mm-mm. He just doesn't go about things uh, the right way. Yeah, when it came to this and your fighting yeah, career, just wasn't he, wasn't he has, communicated. The yeah, right way. my dad has good intentions with with everything he's ever told me, um, but he just doesn't. His lack of communication is the thing that has always been the downfall in our relationship because mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to communicate and. That's you and your father, you know, you're similar in some ways. Yeah, exactly. And I've told you this in the past, like it's um, the biggest thing that I can take from it is like, it's easy to be like, oh, this person is the reason why the way I am. I've had so much bad things in my life, but I am the way I am because of my dad Mm -hmm. and how, how, yeah, there's certain things that like, I wish he was easier on me in life and he was kind of hard on me, but at the end of the day, I am who I am because of the things that he did. And you know what? I really like who I am. Mm-hmm. You appreciate your work ethic. Yeah, that's what I'm do. saying. Like, I, I honestly got to think I'm one of the hardest workers I know. I have a good, um, I have good morals. Mm-hmm. I, I have empathy for people. And I generally want what's best for people in life. You still and, talk shit, though, every Yeah, time of course. Especially like- <laughs> <laughs> to <my> friends. But, <laughs> but no, I owe that to my dad. Like, that's, I'll never be that person that will be like, oh, well, what was me? You know, my, my dad didn't love me. My didn't daddy me. didn't love me. My life sucks. Yeah, there's. I definitely wish there were things that my dad was better at. But at the end of the day, too, I am who I am because of him and mm-hmm. those things that he did. And you know what? I really like who I am. Yeah. So I have to have to outweigh the bad with the good too. At, yeah. the, at the end of the day, and I can't just be like, oh, he was bad in this way. He's bad in this sure. way. No. You he, you see, especially now, like it's just a little bit more like you see like the good that's come out of yeah. this situation because yeah. going in to this fight that we're talking about, you know, training was different, you know, being yeah. able to come and go and train and just like be in just a good mental space exactly. going in. And, you know, you didn't have your, your side family issues going yeah. on. Um, like everyone does, everyone has family issues yeah. too. Um, going into this now fight you know, you're pretty clear headed, you know, the goal, obviously you and your coach, you know, you know, the game plan and yeah. stuff. So going in, like, like, I, like kind of like how I said, you just had more dog in you just walking in yeah. and just like the whole fight itself, how that went and everything. Like you're just, is there like a, like a confidence? There's like a good mental space that you're in. Yeah. My coach even recognized it when we were backstage and he's wrapping my hands. He's like, I could just see your mindset is it's completely different and feel it than what I've seen in your past fights. And I was like, yeah, because I'm, I'm at peace now. Mm-hmm. Granted, of course, I wanted to win and I wanted to have my best performance, but... And everyone's there. Family, your mom, dad, yeah, family, family, friends. Us, and, everyone's yeah, there. Yeah, everyone's there. Um, but it's like, none of that mattered, though. Like, there was mm-hmm. no added pressure to that. Um, that 
the fact that I was like, all right, dude, this is going to be your third loss in a row. If mm-hmm. you lose this fight, um, that wasn't all there. Cause at the end of the day, I was like, you know, what? I'm just being able to do this now because I enjoy it. Um, which wasn't the case the last fight. <laughs> yeah. Which wasn't the case last fight. I was just like, yo, I don't even want to fucking be here right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my coach recognized it and we were just, we were on another level as far as our communication goes. That fight went, I mean, pretty damn perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally like in the middle of the fight, he was talking to me and I was communicating, talking with them back and forth. Mm-hmm. I'm literally having conversations with him as the fight's going on. Mm-hmm. He's telling me like, okay, I see this. And I'm like, okay, well, what about this? Like, that's how in sync we were in that mm-hmm. fight. Cause I was just so at peace with what everything that happened. You're not spaced out. You're not yeah. thinking of other shit. There's no other there. thing that I was dwelling on. I was yeah. just dwelling in the moment as far as like what was going on in that fight. And there was a moment where I remember warming up and, uh, we were hitting pads and like, uh, Everyone in that locker room was just looking at us because it was just, we're, like we say, the Badger crew. Like, I'm not sounding like a douche, <laughs> but we, we are different amongst those people. And them seeing me hit pads with them, they realize, like, yo, like, these dudes really take this shit seriously. And, like, they're different than, than us. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking out. Right, I was about to walk out. He's, like, behind me, and, like, he's telling me, he's, like, in my ear. He's, like, yo, you're, you're the best in the world. Yeah. And at first, that's kind of a hard thing to grasp. Like, yeah. like you're not a pro. You're not in yeah, the UFC. It's exactly. Like, to take that. And it's almost, it could be uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Like, like I'm not. Like, what are you calm doing? Down, stop. Yeah. <laughs> but in that moment, I was like, yo, why can't I be? Like, yeah. if he's telling me this, like, this is someone who's coached people in the UFC and has been doing this as long as I've been alive. Like, why, why not believe him? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, too, though. People that are in the UFC, like, perfect example. Everyone knows who Conor McGregor is. Mm-hmm. He's had that same chip on his shoulder since he was in the amateurs. There's literally videos of him on YouTube saying, I'm the future, mm-hmm. when he was an amateur. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you don't have that mindset as far as like, yeah, I am the best in the world, you're damn right. Yeah. Then you, why even do it? And then in that moment, you you take it in. Though. Yeah, no, you that was really that moment it. where like, it literally like, I already knew like I was in a good headspace, but like when he told me and it was in my ear and said, yo, you're, you're the best in the world. It like uh, it just switched. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, why can't I be? Yeah. Exactly. And sure enough, I went out of fight and it went pretty damn perfect, honestly. Like, we was very smooth and... Um, you were fighting for a belt, too? fighting for a belt. Yeah, it wasn't just a regular fight for a belt. It was weird because it wasn't just a regular fight, but it was at the most at peace I had ever been with mm-hmm. the fight because even though the stakes were at the highest they've ever been because it was going to be my third loss if I had lost that fight. Mm-hmm. And it was for a, a championship belt. So it and was. And you hadn't fought for a belt during any of your fights. I fought for a belt. Yeah. And um, I was at the most peace that I ever been leading up to a fight, which is crazy considering what the stakes were. Yeah. You know, I could have lost three in a row. I could have lost it on my opportunity to fight for a belt. Yeah. You know, so it was. Everything was nice and picture perfect. But because of me realizing. It wasn't just fighting that was affecting me. It was, was outside of fighting mm-hmm. that was affecting me. And like I said, it wasn't easy no. changing what I had to change. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, you only get one shot at this in life. So if I have to move out of my house to the comfort of my own home, I got to do that. Yep. And that's just with anything in life, too. Like I said earlier, like if you have friends around you that necessarily aren't pushing you to be the best you, mm-hmm. maybe you need some new friends. Mm-hmm. 
like that, that's just anything, not just fighting. Like it'd be your career. And that could be friends, family members yeah, too. Itself. Ex- exactly. Like that's just, if they're not on board with what you're trying to do in your life, I'm not saying kick them out completely. I'm not saying do that, but just I'm set the boundary. A yeah. Bit. I'm saying set the boundary and maybe separate yourself for a little bit. Yeah. Cause it's not going to be the worst thing that ever happened to you. Cause it allows growth and put you in a spot where you're uncomfortable mm-hmm. and un- being uncomfortable is, is good too. At the same yeah. time, that's where growth happens. And that's definitely like what happened with me as far as with my career, as far as fighting, it definitely opened up a different tunnel that I didn't see myself in because it was such a different change and a kind of a shock absolutely and but, of course it's a shame you know you have that experience and you win we're happy you know i'm happy as shit for you just like all of us because yeah. i knew not that i knew you needed it but i knew that felt pretty damn good just no, with I, everything I, that shifted yeah. and changed like to get that win hoist the belt up like yeah it, i felt like i won like dear god thank god yeah. you got that like, god damn because i would have <laughs> sucked if i didn't it's like, like, what do i tell the guy now oh yeah. start charging you for our talks that yeah night. right <laughs> but, seriously but but and then of course everything happens with, with what's going on in the world today and and you know present now it, and just to touch on a little bit of just like family home life real quick you know from what we've talked about and you've shared with me you know just off to the side mm-hmm. you know you are in a good space now family wise overall yeah. everyone's you know there is that the relationships are making progress. Not that they're mm-hmm. perfect. No, no relationship, yeah. whether you're mother, son, mother, father, whatever the case, you know, there's always going to be some issues, some type of thing that keeps it from being perfect. Yep. But yep. as far as your situation and your growth, it's going in the right direction. We all kind of know our part and know our, our place in a sense that mm-hmm. makes sense for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's important just to be at least on good terms with your family or those that you're in your circle, yeah. whether you have family. I'm a person that honestly, like for a couple part of my life, I hated change. Like mm-hmm. I don't like change a lot mm-hmm. and I've been set in my way since I was a kid, but change is ultimately what makes us better human beings. Yeah. Challenges us. Challenges us and like self-reflection as far as like what I needed. Cause you have to change. You can't be the same person that you were five years ago. Yeah. That's, if you are, then shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you for doing that. Um, you have to be constantly evolving as a human being yeah. um, with everything in life. Being a better father, being a better son, being a better uh, husband. It's just you have to keep evolving. Take advantage of each day and grow yeah. in some way. Yeah. Which is something I kind of like that we can segue into it because not too long ago we had this discussion that, you know, you've given some thought. Obviously, you know, you're a, you're a big, if you're by yourself, you're deep thinking. You're thinking yeah. about a lot of shit. <laughs> And one of the latest conversations that we had, and which I'm glad we're bringing this here, and it's applicable to whether you're a fighter, athlete, or whatever you're passionate about that, you know, I, I won't explain too much. I'm going to have you explain it. Yeah. But you were thinking outside of fighting, you know, yeah. I'm looking at this area to pursue and go into mm-hmm. just not to have as plan B, but but it's also something you're passionate about. Go into it because you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Break it down a little bit. Um, yeah, basically we were touching on like uh, life after fighting, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to fight forever. That's just how it is, man. Any pro athlete, their life as a pro athlete is actually very, very short. Um, so, I mean, I'm 25 right now. I realistically have, like we said, like maybe eight, nine years max mm-hmm. about me doing this. And I have to prepare myself for as far as, like, life after fighting. I mean, people in the UFC, they they make 
decent money. It's sure. not it's not great. It's not life changing money. You're a superstar. Obviously, you make millions. Yeah, yeah. Thing, but, but but even still, like some, especially because I'm in the low rate classes, those guys don't make a shit ton of money. Like mm. uh, they'll make six figures, but it's like low six figures, and and especially in California, and if you're making six figures, like that's great, but can you retire off of six figures? Sure. Not really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of hard. Um, but that being said, my passion for fighting has, hasn't changed, but it's definitely put into perspective as far as like for my future wife, my future kids, like how I'm going to take care of them. And fighting is a passion of mine. It's, I love it. And that's, that hasn't changed, but I have to be prepared for life after, after fighting. And what is, I mean, if you don't mind sharing the, the, the career you are looking at and specifically mm-hmm. as of why, yeah. you know, this, that, that, the specific area, you know, kind of touch on that because I yeah. feel like that's an important just thing to just bring up and start the mm-hmm. conversation about. So if you wouldn't mind. Oh, it's like we touched earlier in the beginning of the podcast. I had said that I was pursuing a uh, police departments and whatnot. And, um, without going into too much detail with the coronavirus and all that, that shit, <laughs> it's definitely like, I hope people have, for me at least it's put in perspective as far as like what really truly matters mm-hmm. in life. Like I said, I love fighting. It's, one of my deepest passions, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not something that truly really matters. Cause it's something that it's all about me. It's like, look what I can do. Look what I can show you how good I am. Like Muhammad Ali has even said it before he was like, before his fights, he's like, let me show you how great I am. Mm-hmm. That's so egotistical of someone to say, you know from I mean? your perspective. Yeah. Too. I mean, everyone, someone could say like, fuck you, Joe, like I'm, you know, yeah. stupid or whatever the yeah. case may be, but this is what you've realized and what you're seeing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like we're put on this earth not only to fulfill ourselves but other people. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing I think that. Not that I can't do that with fighting because I can. Like, there's definitely kids that like I'm sure I could pour into and be like, "Yo, you can do anything you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do differently." Um, I, I remember after my first fight, there was a kid that random kid came up to me and was like, "Yo, Joseph, can I take a picture with you?" Mm-hmm. And this kid, I don't even know this kid, mm-hmm. random ass kid. But I saw myself in him because I, I was like that. I grew up. I love professional athletes. Mm-hmm. I love that aspect of just, you know, and I saw myself in that kid. So, like, of course, you can impact people's lives and touch kids like that. Like, I, I hope that kid had a positive interaction with me and realized, like, oh, man, I'll, I'll always remember that day where I went and got that picture with that fighter. He was really nice to me and made me feel good about myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can only hope. I don't remember because my adrenaline was pumping <laughs> Dude, like crazy. Like, oh, you're such an asshole. Yeah. I just, <laughs> see, I don't know. I don't know. But like um, going back to with the whole sheriff's department thing, like I was talking to you about human trafficking is something I feel really passionate about mm-hmm. and something that I definitely want to pursue as far as like being able to make a difference. It's something that isn't really – it's talked about, but mm-hmm. it's definitely pushed down by the media as far as like how severe it truly is. Sure definitely is and especially and, too it's like you know i mean i mean in, in in many cases too not a lot of men talk about that so the fact that you have that passion for it to go into that field and yeah and 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 true also for those that don't know what human trafficking is because there's which is totally okay you might not be aware of what human yeah. trafficking is you know break it down a little bit just like why what is it and why you're kind of yeah basically just like people or kids it could be other adults too mm-hmm. but basically taken from your families um, used for sex trafficking and stuff like that. It could go into many different fields, but um, I just don't think it's okay for so many 
kids to be, you know, that's so traumatizing when you think about it. It's like awful. A, a kid it's that awful, awful. Like I, me and you have been blessed where we have had good upbringings mm-hmm. with stable parents mm-hmm. and have never had to deal with that stuff. But dude, yeah. there's actually so many kids in this world that have had horrible parents, absolutely, and horrible upbringings, and they just fall into it. Yeah, or they get taken. They get kidnapped. Or they just into get. It. Yeah, they can have good parents and they get taken, taken in general, and, kidnapped and that's into it. super traumatizing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even if you have good parents, if you go through something like that, that's so traumatizing. Like, you could be in the safest neighborhood. You can have the safest, you know, alert parents. Like, there yeah. just are instances where kids are swooped it just, up. It just happens, yeah. And that sucks because not only are they, is that super traumatizing, but that's also going to affect their future wife, yeah. their future kids. Mm-hmm. And then that just fucks everything up. they don't up. live long. <laughs> exactly. They, yeah, suicide is another thing that plays into that. People, like, have such terrible experience with that stuff where they just they have they lose the desire to mm-hmm. live anymore yeah and that's what people don't realize is like there's, there's so much deeper effect as far as like oh, okay big deal you got abducted blah, blah 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 but it's a trickling effect that can stem into your family yourself and, and those around you and be and, damn near i mean I, you can heal but it's it's not the easiest yeah stuff to, exactly if you're lucky enough to get into a point where you're able to heal and move forward because mm-hmm. some people never do they're trapped in this exactly this hell for so long yeah. so i love though just you wanted to just rock the boat and just help and do your part as far as that area yeah. goes and, exactly. and and just have it you know it's also another true passion that you have you know once fighting is over whether yeah. you make it to ufc or not exactly. not saying that's not the goal yeah that's not the intention or oh my god joe's joe's yeah. not passionate about it anymore yeah, yeah it's like no i am i yeah. want to still have these goals set for myself but mm-hmm. also i do want to play this part and then help as much as i exactly can. Am I right with that one yeah and that goes back to what i was saying earlier is like just people's purpose in life your purpose isn't meant to self-fulfill yourself mm-hmm. it's to help other people and i generally truly believe that um if i can make a difference in like two or three kids lives that like they don't get involved with like the sex trafficking they're not scarred forever in their life that's a win in my opinion like honestly even if it's not like we're talking about this where crime and all that stuff it's always going to be a factor Mm -hmm. and it's never gonna go away that's Mm -hmm. just how it is but if i can change and impact some kids lives in the process of trying to get rid of it that's a win in my opinion because I don't want someone to ever have to go through something like that and then it trickle down to their wife, their yeah. kids, and then it'd be a domino effect yeah. where it just keeps going and going and going. Absolutely. And, going. and if you're not aware of what human trafficking is, please look into it. You know, educate yourself on that because it is still very present today. We are not, you know, Joseph and I live here in California and we are next to very heavy areas where it's very, very present. It's present all over the world, mm-hmm. all over the world. Yeah. But this is definitely something that everyone should be well aware aware about. And if you have kids or you know you you're around kids or close to you, like you gotta be safe. You gotta look out for them. And even you could be young women, young men and women, you gotta be aware because you could do you don't have to just be a kid. But I love though that this conversation is coming up, this topic, because you know, that's that's important. It's it's a sad, dark yeah. world, but to know like that's a direction that you're already yeah. looking into is uh, yeah, and I have respect for you on that yeah, one. It's just like another thing too. Like I was always, when I grew up, I was always told like, uh, if you're going through mental stuff, like, oh, just be a tough guy mm. and stop being a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like that's especially from the sports aspect. Mm-hmm, if it's absolutely. like, all right, dude, suck it up, quit being a bitch. Yeah. Um, do I think some people milk mental health? 
Yeah, a little bit, but there's also some serious cases where it's like, okay, you've gone through some really traumatic stuff mm-hmm. and you need to deal with it. And that's definitely one of those fields where I, I have understanding as far as like, okay, that's very scarring yeah. and it's okay for you to self-sulk in that. But and you yourself, you, you're obviously saying that, but you advocate for mental health, yeah. especially if, whether you're a fighter, whoever the case, you know, yeah. if you're going through family issues or you're going exactly. through personal issues, like you, you're yeah. putting your stamp on yeah. it's okay to I'm, go get some help. Exactly. I'm a pure example of that because I'm someone who grew up in the aspect of like, you're an athlete, just be mentally tough, like mm-hmm. suck it up. But no, some of those things, like I was going through mental stuff that I didn't even realize was affecting my fighting mm-hmm. and your relationships yeah, and your family. Exactly. Like that, that happened without me even realizing it. Mm-hmm. So that's what made me realize, okay, mental health is actually like a, it's a serious thing as yeah. far as the aspect of like, you have to recognize what's going on in your life, address it and move past it. Like, like I said before, like it's okay to go through things in life because life sucks sometimes. Absolutely. For being honest, like life's hard. It is. Absolutely. But the big thing is you can't self-sulk and be like, man, my life fucking sucks. Like, oh, man, I have I have the worst possible way. It's okay to have that for a cool minute, mm-hmm. but then you have to rise above it and keep moving forward. That's mm-hmm. why I love people that like, another example, like addicts, mm-hmm. people that have had like drug problems and stuff like that. Like that's some heavy shit. Mm-hmm. But people that can rise above that, get over that addiction and then help other people. Yes. That, in my opinion, is so cool, Addicts dude. Have, like, that they is know what so that's cool. Like. Yeah, because yeah. they've. I've never been an addict. Like I've never, you know, been a drug addict or anything like that. So I, I don't know what that that feeling is like. I can only imagine though. It's heavy, but for people to come out of that, and then not only benefit themselves, but then continually go and benefit other people, like wow, that's super commendable. Absolutely, to be able to do that. And even too, like, you know, it's not like you have so much experience with human trafficking, you know, you don't know, you were, I'm, we've heard about it growing yeah, yeah, up, but, yeah. but whether you experience this type of life or you just have a passion for just helping those. Yeah. It doesn't have to be any, yeah. it doesn't have to be that in particular. You can always help people in whatever field that you're in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this dramatic field, you know, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but no, that's, that's beautifully said. I love, especially, you know, we're touching on the 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 impact of you know mental health relationships and how it was affecting you at one point and yeah. you know some people i love that we're shedding light because it was like dang joseph's like you know he's he's fighting he's winning da, da, yeah, da, da. exactly but like this was also going on you, mm-hmm. you're experiencing actual human shit yeah it's a relatable because i'm a guy that's like personified as a tough guy like oh this guy has no emotion or whatnot I mean, me and Zach would call you a bitch in most cases. Yeah. But <laughs> those listening realize, oh, this guy's a fighter, blah, blah. So he doesn't have those type. I'm like, no, dude, stuff's very real. Exactly. And it's very, very, very real. Exactly. And that's what I appreciate you kind of going into and really letting you dive into that, mm-hmm. that part and what was going on. You know, yeah. I hope once this is all hopefully lifted, you're able to fight again and we're all able to, yeah. you know, support you and do your thing with that. And you're, I'm sure you're itching for it too. Yeah. Your whole team is itching. You're telling me. Um, it's hopefully soon, brother. Hopefully yeah. soon. Hopefully now, soon. Going into like kind of now where, which you're amazing with what you're sharing, the knowledge, the lessons and everything you've discussed so far for you personally, what is it that you try to take every day as far as values? I mean, life lessons you've, You've realized a lot, especially these last few years, there's been a lot of growth mentally and just yeah. like how you view certain situations. What are some like two or three things that you try to remind yourself every day to go into life, your day? What is that for you? 
I think honestly, just it's so simple, but just being a good person mm-hmm. as much as you possibly can. What might be an example of that? Like how to be a good person, like just to be empathetic towards people. Yeah, or empathetic, just, you know, kind. Yeah, kind. As kind well. is such a small, simple thing, but like there's so many instances where people are having a bad day. But if you can say such a simple thing of like, hey, hope you're having a good day. Or, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like small things like that can benefit people in ways that you'll never know. Um, like I have my moments where I have my bad days too, where mm-hmm. I don't feel like fucking talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. That's just me too. Like I love sometimes just tucking myself in my room and shutting people out and just watching TV. I that's a good that. self care. That, yeah. That's a lesson right yeah, there is exactly. recognize when you're ha- recognize when you're having a bad day. Like, yes, yes. Take a minute. To 100%. Like check, re- check your own self. Yeah. And then you've touched on this too. Like you can't benefit other people's lives if you're not, checking yourself Absolutely. and helping yourself. taking care of yourself exactly yeah and i need those moments too like i'm very much or i enjoy helping people but at the same time too i'm like yo don't talk to me right now yeah <laughs> and you get it like you spend i don't know hours on a day is helping out people but it's not going to do any good for those people if you're not also helping yourself hell no you got to take yeah. care of yourself and you recognize that and that's that's great because you're in a field where that's all you do is help mm-hmm. people yeah so you have to realize that and you do luckily yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, every now and then I have yeah. a beer by the pool. Like, yeah, that's, that's self-care on the weekends. Yeah. Like when I don't have clients. No. <laughs> what's what's like one more thing? That, like maybe like, because you've grown a lot. That's why I know there's a lot like coming to be present. What might be one more thing you really just want to like share and maybe even speak to one to those, uh, the athletes or the fighters that like are really committed to this process yeah. and and this is my life. This is what I, this yeah. is, there's nothing else. I don't need to make plans. Like yeah. Joseph, you, that makes no fucking sense. What you just said, like, this is my life. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. You need a, another passion, another plan. What no, might be no. one to that? What might be one to speak to those? I think it's just putting things in perspective. Like I said, with this whole coronavirus thing, because it's definitely made me realize, like, like I said, I haven't lost a passion for fighting, mm-hmm. but it's definitely made me realize like, okay, what really truly matters in life. Exactly. Like I told you this earlier, like if I lose another fight, at the end of the day, my mom is going to love me. My dad's going to love mm-hmm. me. My family's going to love me. My friends are going to love me. Now that's going to change. And people are going to forget eventually like that fight that I lost. Yeah. That one dwells on that. The only yeah. one's going to dwell on is me because yeah. I know because it's my life. Nobody can fight forever. Time is undefeated. Yeah, exactly. One. And I think the biggest thing is just to help contribute to society and being a good quality human being. Yeah. With whatever it is you're doing in life, it doesn't matter what it is. Like I said, it could be a simple thing as like just telling someone, "Hey, hope you have a great day," yeah. um, and just not make a piece of yeah. shit. Because there's so many like there's thing is so many bad people in this world, but there's a lot of negativity. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, like especially with what I do, the power of positivity is such a powerful thing. It really is. Absolutely. And negativity is also a very poisonous thing. Yeah. And so you never know who you're truly impacting people's lives by just being a nice person, honestly. There's been stories where I've heard where someone just will go up to someone individually and say, like, hey, hope you have a great day. And they're like, you know what? Thanks. I was having a really bad day. And there's even moments where I forget who was told me this. Well, that person literally told them, like, yo, I was debating on killing myself today. But because you said, told me, like, have a great day, like, Mm -hmm. they gave me hope. Yeah. Small things like that. You don't have to do fucking extraordinary things and yeah. super complex things. It's just small acts of kindness that could definitely impact other people's lives. Yeah, and whether you're you know, whether you're just a regular person, whatever job you have, whether you're a fighter, 
Yeah. You know, you can be a light, you can be an impact and you can even at some point even find a passion. If we're just talking to fighters, like, you know, obviously what you do, yeah. you can have a passion outside of fighting. You can look yeah. at other things and that's okay yeah. to grow. I imagine you would yeah, agree with Not that. only that, but just using the platform that you've been given too. Like, mm-hmm. even if, like I said, I'm not in the UFC yet. I will be someday. <laughs> Absolutely. But like I said, we touched on this, like I have... I don't know, roughly around like 800 followers. So do you. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, the stuff we post on social media, that's 1,600 people. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Granted, think about it. Yeah, when you think about it, that's actually a lot of people. Granted, there's other people that have like 20 million or whatnot. But at the end of the day, like 1,600 people is actually a good amount of people. It's a lot. And I love that you're saying that because it's really, you think about it just whether you're interacting with one person during the day or you whatever you're sharing this type of stuff you're putting out into social media or just the world itself you know just to have that that mindfulness of you know you just want to be a good person and put yeah. out the best energy possible exactly. whether you're a fighter whether you're a sheriff or mm-hmm. whatever job or profession or or you're trying to still figure out life like yeah. you still contribute you are still yes of value in this world i think you could agree with that yeah one, right? there's no time frame for success that's the biggest thing i think that people struggle with is like i have to have all my shit together by the time mm-hmm. i'm 30 no you don't you really don't mm-hmm. just because your parents did it or so and so did it mm-hmm. that's not your path your path is your own path and don't measure success based off of other people and what they've done. It's mm. about what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Bro, you're so knowledgeable. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be like you when I grow oh, up. Stop it. <laughs> you blush. No, you, you hit some amazing points and I think this is going to, everyone should be able to, well, not should, they will be able to relate to this, but I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. It wasn't so bad, uh, right? It was honestly super Pro- fun. Provided so, you with beverages, some yeah. some adult beverages and some water, you know? A lot of water. But... <laughs> a lot of water, majority water. <laughs> but no, I really appreciate this. And feel free to, what is, where can they reach you on social media? What's the, your tag um, and everything? Joseph underscore Badali. My last name is spelled B-A-D-A-L-I. This is Instagram. This is Instagram. Yeah. And then my Facebook is Joseph Badali. And then you got Twitter, huh? I don't have Twitter, actually. You're not about that tweet life. I'm not about it right now. But yeah, please follow Joseph on Instagram. Reach out to him if you have questions or just want to say like, hey, man, I I really fucked with your episode. Anything, please reach out and follow him. I I love you, obviously. Um, If you want to know other platforms that this, that the All Ears Podcast is available on, you can look at Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Thank you again, Thank my you brother. Me. I appreciate you. I love you. I love Hope you, to man. have you back again. We, I would love that. We got some ideas in the works of <laughs> stay tuned of other individuals stay joining tuned. us and, and what we could talk about, but this was a good time. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Peace. <laughs>